The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you all for listening with us today, I'm very glad that you have joined us here on the Spirit of Recovery. I'm glad that you are letting me know also how Spirit of Recovery is making a difference in your life. Thank you for sending those emails. Thank you for posting on Facebook and for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. You can go to our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. And I want to thank you very much for participating here with us. Be aware that this month, the month of September, is Celebrate Recovery Month. And that's a, um, a nationwide event. And so look for events in your area where people might be celebrating recovery. And uh, just know that certainly recovery is um, something that is important to celebrate and to be grateful for this opportunity to live life fully. So here on Spirit of Recovery, all month in September, we will be celebrating recovery. Thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery and your Unity community know about us here on Unity Online Radio. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality. And I am so glad always to be bringing you wonderful guests, guests who are practical, who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative people who are either in recovery themselves or who write or work with uh, recovering write for or work with recovering people, sometimes all three, and they're always bringing you good information, um, what's going on in their own lives, what's going on in their own work, what they're thinking about, what it is that uh, is the deepening them and deepening the people that they are in contact with in terms of recovery and spirituality. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery um, through live, of course, through your computer or through your smartphone. You can also listen to our archives on demand. We've got several years' worth of archives of great programs, great guests, and you can go to www.unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and find that and hear those anytime you want to. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction 
or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member or a family member or friend of someone who maybe you aren't in your recovery or maybe they aren't in recovery. doesn't matter. We're glad that you're here. If you're just curious about uh, the disease of addiction and about the process of recovery and spirituality, I'm very glad that you're here listening with us today and that you're participating as a part of the Spirit of Recovery program. We welcome you here and welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, many years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development and uh, being a student and uh, as much as I can a practitioner of those 12 steps, that wisdom path. So the unity principles and the 12-step path are integrated for me and important um, paths for me in my own life. And they keep transforming my life and keep me growing in ever deeper ways and keep bringing me into a deeper and richer relationship with my higher power. So I'm very grateful, very delighted to have the opportunity to share with you these ideas today and to bring uh, my guest today And also, I'm delighted always to hear what you're thinking and what's happening for you and your spirituality and your recovery walk. Today, our topic is Sitting with God. And joining me is my guest, Alan Lyles. Alan is a unity minister, and he's also a participant um, in a 12-step group as a person who has in his circle of love and friendship those that have uh, the disease of addiction. And he has um, uh, also an author. He has authored um, the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps, the CD, Road Rage. And he has just authored the book that we're going to be talking about today, which is Sitting with God. Alan also has uh, been the vice president of public relations for the 7-Eleven stores. And for six years, he was the director of outreach books and multimedia for Unity School of Christianity. Today we are going to be talking about the concepts that Alan has in his new book, Sitting with God. We're going to be talking about um, the idea of what it's like to really make that commitment. We know in the 12 steps, that 11th step is that commitment to seek through prayer and meditation to uh, a greater conscious contact with God as we understand God and to Pray for God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Pray for the knowledge of that will and the power to carry that out. So Alan's going to be sharing with us today um, about that in his life and about what propelled him to write this book and what he learned um, from it. Alan's been a Spirit of Recovery guest before, and I know that if you've heard him, you'll be delighted um, to hear what he has to share today because he really uh, lives a spiritual life and he um, has a lot of richness to share with us. So, Alan, thank you for being my guest today here on Spirit of Recovery. Well, thank you, Anna. I'm glad to be here. So, Alan, your book has just been published, just come out. It's called Sitting with God, A Year of Spiritual Growth, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. So I know that you have been a meditator for many, many years. So what's different about this? What propelled you to embark on this particular um, time of meditation which resulted in your book? The uh, 11th step has been a very important 
a part of my life for the last 25 years, as you mentioned, and I've been practicing meditation for a long time. But this last year, several things happened that really caused me to want to be into meditation on a much deeper level and also on an even more consistent level. So beginning um, in April of 2012, and and the book itself covers a full one-year period, 365 meditations from from that April until March 31st of this year, I went back to meditation because several things had happened in my life that really created uh, situations where I wanted to have more input from God about what was happening. One is that my wife has been undergoing a very serious health challenge. She spent 41 days in the hospital this year, uh, 17 days in February and 24 days in May. And as a result of that, she's home now and she's doing better, but I've taken over the role of her full-time caregiver. And, uh, you know, I do deem that as an honor and a privilege, but her illness did change our lives, and it really, uh, in me, uh, created the awareness that I needed just a, a closer, closer relationship with God and God's guidance, God's wisdom, God's strength, and God's hope. And one of the reasons that I wrote this book was to give hope and comfort to anybody who may be going through a rough period in their lives. And, you know, it may be something other than an illness. It could be a financial situation. It could be another thing that I faced during this past year was I had a reconciliation with my adult son. I had not seen him for about eight years. And during this past year, we managed to really heal a lot of things that had had happened between us back uh, when he was, especially when he was a teenager. So if anyone's going through a a difficult period in their lives, uh, as I was, I I think meditation was the answer for me to just sit in the silence every morning. And usually I would do it, Anna, with with the... uh, the sun as it came up, I was in meditation most of the time between about 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning, sometimes longer. But for me, starting off my day in meditation to get that wisdom and, and support was what I needed. Mm-hmm. So overall, in uh, what was the overall effect for you? You said you know you had these life circumstances that were really pressing in on you. You decided to really deepen that conscious um, connection with God. Overall, what was the effect? The effect was that my life became calmer. Uh, I became more serene. Uh, one of the reasons was that I I received meditation, just uh, the unconditional love of God. I knew that I was not alone because I think that there are several questions that people ask themselves uh, when they're dealing with problems and, and their serenity has been disturbed and their happiness and and everything has been affected. And one of those questions is, am I truly alone in coping with what's happening in my life right now, both good and bad? And it to me, what I received was that I was not alone, that God was there and was there with some very specific guidance and you mentioned, you said the word practical in the beginning about the, the practicality of God. And what I learned in these 365 meditations was how practical God was in dealing with the problems of that I was facing, problems of worry, 
problems of concern about finances, problem of, of, you know, the aging process. Can we survive that along with an illness at this particular time? But God is a very practical God, and, and what I received in meditation was just an affirmation of that practicality and and the wisdom and, and the guidance that I received was so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that uh, I have as a minister, I'm sure you have heard people really express in different ways their concerns about um, meditation or their concerns about how they experience God and uh, sometimes really it's broken my heart as, as people will say, well, I, I don't meditate right or God doesn't talk to me or I can't make my mind stop or whatever. What would you say to people like that? And you probably heard some other concerns, I'm sure. Well, as a minister, I had uh, many, many people that would express to me the problems that they were having with meditation. And I think what it boiled down to, and, and this is at least what I found, People are concerned that they may not be doing meditation correctly. And what I would say to anyone is, your meditation is your meditation, whatever that may be. Some people can have a more effective meditation in 60 seconds than someone sitting in the silence for maybe even an hour. Uh, I would say don't worry about whether or not you're doing anything perfectly because once you sit in the silence, you've taken the first step to uh, asking spirit to to give you the input, to give you the feeling that, that God is there, and it will come. But wanting to do it, uh, the perfectionism that we have within us, wanting to do everything perfectly, is a reason that a lot of times people won't even try. And if they can just get over that uh, concern about that and just relax into whatever happens, happens. And once that uh, you've gotten into a habit of meditating, you'll find what works for you as far as uh, achieving uh, that time in the silence when you can really feel that connection to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. It's really not about a technique. I don't think it's just about being present. It's about being willing. I, I don't think it is either. Now, you know, certain things work for certain people. I think for me... I had three different books that I was reading from. One was God Calling, another was Jesus Calling, and then I had a book called The Art of Meditation by Joel Goldsmith. And I would read something from from one of those three books, or I would read a passage of Scripture from the Bible. So I would kind of lead into it with something positive uh, and something that Spirit I think it speak to me through that that helped me kind of get off to a good start. But I think other people have, you know, other techniques or or, or perhaps just sitting in the silence and just enjoying that time alone with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you say, uh, and certainly it's in your book that you got direct guidance from God and so forth. Again, people experience God and. I suppose every individual, we experience God in a different way. Would you share with us how you experience God? Is it a feeling? Is it an intuition? Is it your voice? Do you see colors? I don't know. How how do you experience it? You well, that and, and that is very true that, that different people experience God in different ways, and that, that's perfectly, perfectly fine. I would like to say also that I don't have any, uh, I don't think I have any special pipeline to God or relationship to God. I think the Spirit wants a direct connection with every single one of us. 
And however that manifests itself is, is going to be between that individual and the higher power. In, in my case, I, I think the, what I experienced most of the time uh, was the still small voice of God, the voice that I felt was within me, and, and I could perceive some actual statements and words of guidance and all of that. But, I, I, you know, I think, again, different people, it may, in some cases with me, it came as a feeling, it came as an intuition. The thing that I do know is that uh, God is good, and anything that anyone would receive in meditation, whether it would be a actual statements or a feeling or whatever, if it is good and if it is beneficial and if it is uplifting, inspiring uh, for for you, then I would say more than likely you have made that connection. What I do know is that God never is negative about anything or anyone. Uh, God always wants just the best for us. And so as long as it's something positive that is uh, the feeling or the, the words that seem to come through, then I'd say there's a really good chance that a connection has been made. But you know what? I don't even think it's necessary. Uh, a lot of times if you can sit in the silence, just the benefits of meditation, uh, it's been uh, clinically proven, scientifically proven now, that meditation is uh, beneficial to us in many, many ways to our health with lower blood pressure, a uh, feeling of less stress. So just being in meditation, just the, the act of meditation alone is enough to do it. But then uh, when spirit takes over and, and does provide some, some necessary or some, some uh, input that is beneficial, then I think that's just a plus. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. You know, again, uh, as a minister and, and just someone that's been pursuing my own path and talking to people for years, some people are afraid to sit down and be quiet because they're afraid that God's going to be negative or God's going to say, tell them they're bad or something like that. So, Well, if it's negative, some... if it's negative, it's not God, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But also, I think it is true that a lot of people do not meditate because they don't want to hear what maybe God might have to say to them. And I don't think, even though it it would be negative, if they are coming to meditation for direction and guidance, they may have a preconceived idea of what it is they would like for God to say or for God to affirm. And that might not be the case, but what I do know is that whatever uh, guidance that you receive in meditation, it'll be for your highest good, whatever that may be, even though... Uh, You never know at the moment sometimes what that highest good is going to look like. Thank you so much. My guest is Alan Lyles. Our topic is Sitting with God. We're on our break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you.
Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening. And if you've just joined us, our topic today is sitting with God. My guest is Alan Lyles. Alan is a unity minister and also a person who practices the 12 steps um, as a family member and friend of those that have the disease of addiction. And he has written a book called Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. That book is available at www.westbowpress.com. That's W-E-S-T-B-O-W-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And in this book, Alan uh, has uh, given as a daily meditation what he heard as he spent a year very uh, focused on sitting with God in the quiet on a daily basis. Before I get back to my conversation with Alan, I invite you to join me in a moment of quiet, to join me in a constructive idea, and then we'll sit for a moment in the quiet listening to some beautiful music in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to take a breath, to relax, and to share with me this constructive idea. My higher power's presence is real, loving, and active. Today I sit in the quiet with my higher power and experience that presence. 
My higher power's presence is real, loving, and active. Today I sit in the quiet with my higher power and experience that presence. And now we take a moment in the quiet. joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to be open and receptive to that presence that is your higher power, to enjoy that peace of mind. And so now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Alan Lyles, and we're talking about sitting with God. What happens to you when you make a real deep commitment to sit in the silence with God daily for a year? So... Alan, you mentioned this earlier, and, and I know this is a really important piece to you and important for everybody to hear, is you say that you you don't have any special relationship with God that everybody else doesn't have. And so tell us about that and how kind of what you did that anybody can do in their own way. Well, one of the reasons uh, also that I wrote the book is that I want to encourage everyone to explore their own relationship with God and and meditation, because uh, there are several things that I learned uh, during this year, and and you can imagine with 365 meditations, uh, there was a lot of different uh, topics and subjects that were covered, but without a doubt, I truly believe that God wants this intimate time and deeper relationship with every one of us. God wants to uh, share and what we're experiencing and wants to be a part of our daily life and, and wants to give us guidance and wisdom and support and comfort. And I did find without doubt also that God's unconditional love is there for us no matter what is going on at any given time. So I learned that, that there is um, a a deep, deep uh, desire by God to have this communion with us and this connection with us and all it takes really is for for us to make the decision that that we want it to that's really important and and i think helps people to be motivated um to actually do that one thing that you also wrote in your book is that god you believe has a divine plan for everybody's life tell us more about that well, of course, that also comes from the 11th step when we're praying and meditating about God's will for us and, and the power to carry that out. I do believe that each one of us has a divine assignment that God has prepared just for us. And sometimes that'll be maybe revealed to us. It doesn't have to necessarily be in meditation. It could be any time, any place, anywhere. And for me, I think when I... I'm in meditation and in the silence, it becomes so much easier to hear what uh, God's plan for me might be. And I think part of that plan is just to 
for example, be a person who, who is open and receptive to writing a book, to doing a talk, to doing a radio show like you're doing and where you're furthering the the light and where you're bringing light to situations. And I think in meditation, again, 365 different meditations, We I heard things about worry, I heard things about financial concerns, I heard things about health. And then one thing that I heard uh, quite, a, quite a bit about, really, and it's one thing that concerns me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting on up there a little bit now, getting closer to the end than, than the beginning. And the question is, what's next? What's next after this life? And mm-hmm. so that I heard a lot about, and I heard about uh, the grandeur and the wonder and the awesomeness that is waiting for us when we finally do make our transition. From what I heard from God, heaven's a wonderful place, and it's a place that um, maybe I'm looking forward to a little bit more now than I was before I did this year of meditation. I, I do feel very, very positive about what's next. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to share any more with us about that? Um, I, again, you just said it was wonderful and and uh, not scary, it sounds like. No, not at all. Uh, what I heard primarily was that uh, in heaven, there's there's peace, and there's if you were experiencing, for example, uh, uh, ill health and, uh, before you your transition time of transition came, in heaven there is nothing but uh, good health. There's nothing but perfection as far as relationships. There's nothing uh, you know except a peaceful atmosphere and and uh, always uh, a feeling of joy and happiness. So no matter what people may be uh, having to endure in, in this life, and when we do make the transition, that we're going to be going to a place where uh, it's, it's just going to be a wonderful place. And I think that, that did, for me, lessen the concern. And, and again, I'm closer to the end than the beginning. And we're all going to be making that transition at some point. And to know that what awaits us is uh, something of beauty is uh, very comforting. Mm-hmm. And so it helps, it does, as you say, uh, I would imagine, I would see that really as related to worry. Um, and on June, on, you have a, you have your books uh, set up as a daily reader in a sense. So on June 3rd, you've got some wise words about worry and uh to me, if I if I have a sense of ultimately where things are going is good, it helps me worry less. What did you hear about worry? Well, in, in that particular reading, it, it just said that worry distances us from the task that God places before us. And worry can become uh, like a cancer, and once it gains a foothold in our minds and bodies, it can spread. It takes away our energy, takes away our vitality, it consumes our thoughts and attention, and it is invasive, and so once it becomes uh, uh, ensconced in our lives, it's very difficult to get rid of. So uh, what I heard was never give worry or anxiety anything to feed on, that any time we do worry about anything, that's the time to turn within and and just uh, change the channel in our minds and switch off worry and switch on God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like a that sense of being able to develop a, 
trust and and uh, put your energy in a in a more productive place. It sounds like. Well, that's true, and and trust when you meditate for God's guidance, you are trusting God with your uh, your life, your current life, your future life, and you're saying to God, "I want to be a, a co-creator with you and a partner with you." Uh, as my life unfolds, and it does require that we trust that what God wants for us is total good all the time. And even though it may not always look like that, that is the divine plan, is that that everything that happens happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Going also with that, you talk about, this is on July 21st, you talk about the Christ within you. Tell us about that. What do you mean by that Christ within people? Well, I do believe that it's one of the basic unity principles is that we try to behold the Christ in, in each individual. And the principle of the inner Christ is that within us and within every person is the same spirit, the same mind that was in Jesus the Christ. And when we turn to that indwelling Christ, we can find a lot of different things. We can find courage, we can find faith, we can find hope. And I believe that God placed this Christ spirit within each person so that as we experience life and as we must deal with some of the difficult situations that that come upon us, that we do have a resource within us that can offer the uh, anything that we might need to get through the particular rough time. And I think it all begins when we realize that maybe it's the outer world that is not the real world. It's the inner world where we really experience truth. And when we can go within and see uh, the connection that God has given us through the Spirit of the Christ, then I think we can be, oh, more able to cope with whatever may be happening with us. And one of the Bible verses, Anna, that I really look to and I, I cite in, in, in the opening of one of the chapters of the book uh, is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is in the book of Colossians that Paul wrote about. Because I do believe Christ is in us, and I do believe that presence of the Christ is there for a reason that whenever there is a situation or a problem, that we can go to that Christ and to receive the support and the comfort that we need. Mm-hmm. So we don't need anybody or anything to intermediate for us, that God's with us all the time? That's what I feel. And I, and I do realize that there are intermediary, intermediate people that can be of assistance. Uh, I know who that we probably have ministers, we probably have counselors, we probably have other people that that can offer advice and, and, and offer comfort when it's needed. But ultimately, I think when we can go within and experience the Christ presence within ourselves, and we can do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we don't need to call for an appointment, we don't need to make arrangements to, to meet, we can go within any time of the day or night that we feel that need. And I think that's a comfort that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going along with that here, and I'm, I am uh, 
finding great stuff in this book. I've been reading it for sure. On September 5th, you talk about spiritual power. Tell us some more about what spiritual power is and how that might be different from um, somehow sometimes how we exercise power in the outer world and how they're the same. Well, material power and power in the outer world um, is changeable. And spiritual power is non-changing. It's always the same. And it comes when we practice the presence of God on a regular basis. And when we establish that rapport and we seek out God, we know that we're, we have access to the power, the greatest power, the one power in, in, in the world and the universe. And spiritual power lies in the strength of our unity with God. So when we have the spiritual power, we have something that's always going to be there. It's never going to change. It's never going to wax or wane. Because the material power in, in, in our life can, one day it can be there and the next day it can be gone. So spiritual power is never ending. And I do believe it's a gift from God and and it begins when we meet with God in, in the silence. Mm-hmm. And certainly it's always, again, I, I think a lot of us in the, in the modern world, and I, sh- I sure think about it, and I'm not just the modern world, I'm sure people have thought about it forever, but is that what what does it mean to live a godly life? Uh, what does it mean to be, um, you know, to be in the world? I, we, we know that... Uh, in, I guess it was the Apostle Paul that wrote, be in the world, but not of it. How do you do that? How do you participate in the world, but not get uh, lost in all that that glitters? Well, first of all, it's not easy. And it's, it's very difficult because the world is always demanding our attention. And I really think it's it's maybe even more so today than than ever before. Uh, you know, I love my iPad. I, I enjoy it. I watch television. Uh, you know, I go to movies. Uh, there's there's so much that's available these days, and books and so forth, that it's very difficult with everything that's happening in the world to to uh, not be of the world. To be you're in the world, and that seems like to be in it, and and instead not of it is very difficult. But being of the world, I think, is when you are in meditation, when you really can appreciate and understand that God's world is different because it's a world that that really you can't see. You can't experience it with the five senses necessarily. So the time in the silence is the time when you can turn off uh, the outer world for a few minutes, uh, you know, as, as much as you can, and gain perspective. Because I think one thing that I really appreciated by these 365 meditations uh, in that that particular this last year was getting a different perspective. And when I can do that, I think that I can see my place uh, of the world and not necessarily in it. But it's not easy, and it's something that's uh, always a challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My guest today is Alan Lyles. Our topic is Sitting with God. And I want to thank you for listening with us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's time for our break. We'll be right back. Stay with us, and we'll hear some more about sitting with God, meditating for divine guidance. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. 
The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary, topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm glad that you're listening, and if you've just joined us, our topic is Sitting with God, Meditating for Divine Guidance. My guest is Alan Lyles. Alan is a unity minister and also a participant in that 12-step wisdom path. Um, he has uh, written uh, this book called Sitting with God, and it's a wonderful book about his uh, year. It's got uh, the writing down what he heard as he sat every day in the silence with God and writing down what he heard from God. And it's just a beautiful book and a real inspiration. And certainly I've been reading it and enjoying it and being inspired and having my faith strengthened through it. You can uh, purchase this book. It's available on Amazon. It's available on the Barnes & Noble website. You can purchase it in a paperback, hardback, or an ebook. So if you're interested in uh, Sitting with God, Divine Meditating for God's Divine Guidance by my guest, Alan Lyles, and that's L-I-L-E-S. You can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble um, 
website and order that as an ebook if you're interested in that. So, um, Alan, tell us more about writing it. I mean, what you could have done is you could have spent your year there in the meditation and journaled for yourself, but you decided to write this and publish it. Tell us more about that and why that was important to you as part of your process. Well, first of all, the uh, journaling was very important because I've been keeping a daily journal since 1985. So I did have the experience of of writing down what was happening in my life um, going into it. But some of the uh, richness of the guidance and the input that I was receiving at this this really rough period of my life just caused me to believe that this might be something that would benefit someone else as well because we do I did hear things so many things about practical aspects of life, financial aspects uh, of the things that we deal with, the fear and worry that seem to uh, dog people in, in, in every walk of life, no matter who you are or, or whatever is going on in your life. So many practical things that I felt that it could be maybe a help to somebody who was experiencing some of these same issues. As I mentioned earlier, there was a reconciliation with my adult son who turned 50 last year. We had not seen each other for eight years and I was concerned that, you know, this would be something that would not be healed uh, in this lifetime. So the fact that we were able to get together and, and have the healing that we had was something that I felt family relationships are, are a problem generally for everybody to some extent, that this might be helpful if someone was experiencing something similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank you for your generosity in doing that because that is a generous act so i appreciate you making this public and and letting us all partake in in this and and uh benefit from uh the time that you spent with god if you would tell us go go ahead go ahead don't go ahead tell us more about how you i'm just going to add without question uh doing this and writing this down what i was hearing in meditation in my opinion, got me through this last year. So it was it was very important for me, but hopefully it could be helpful to someone else as well. Absolutely. And was the writing it down in terms of you, what, how did that benefit you more than if you had just done your meditations and not written it down? First of all, it, it helped me that I could go back and reread what I had heard in meditation uh, a few days down the road, a month or two down the road, that I could go back and re-read and relive some of the uh, affirmations and some of the comfort and some of the advice and input that I was receiving, and I still go back and reread it today. And I, when I'm feeling a certain thing or there's a certain issue that's come up, and I know that there's been something that it, that I've heard about that, now I can I look at it in book form, or I, I can go back to my journals and, and read what happened. On that particular day, the, to me, journaling is is a wonderful aspect of self care, and self care is important for all of us. And journaling your thoughts and your feelings, and in my case, journaling these meditations, was a tremendously healing thing for me. Mm-hmm. In general, what 
What was it that uh, you heard from God about your relationship with your son that helped that reconciliation to happen? In May of uh, last year, I wrote him a letter. And what led me to write the letter again was I was I was worried that maybe one of us, probably me, would pass pass this uh, from this plane of existence, and, and we would never have the healing. So I wrote him a letter, and what I said in the letter was, "I love you, I care about you," and I added that I was proud of him, and I did hold out the possibility of us getting together last summer, and we did get together. But what I heard from God about that that um, visit was the need for total acceptance and for surrendering to the process and just going with the flow. And so I think God, through these meditations, helped prepare me for the time when we did get together and when we had the opportunity to to heal the past. Mm-hmm. So for me, the the chances to to reconcile, I felt it was important to take it, to take the opportunity when it was available. And I'm I'm just so happy that everything turned out the way it did. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And as you said, for many people, and certainly for people in recovery, family issues are often top on the list. And I appreciate your story because that's one of those wonderful uh, times when it is that spiritual power that somehow creates a reconciliation that maybe we thought was impossible. That doesn't always happen. It's just not always part of the plan. But when it does, it's sure uh, wonderful to hear about. So thank you for sharing it. Family issues definitely uh, is throughout the book. Another issue that is uh, prominent in the book is the uh, the one about caregiving, because I have become a caregiver for my wife now, and I was not really prepared to do that. I had really nothing in my background that said I could do it. But at some point or other in our lives, I believe that all of us either become caregivers or we need care. And so that perspective of, of what it means to be a caregiver uh, was certainly another issue that was that came up and for clarity and for support and I, I really appreciate what I received about that. But but caregiving, family issues, what's next, the process of aging, all of these things, a worry, fear of a financial concern, financial concern, and those things. There was just so many practical things that came up that, that again that's where I thought this maybe would be beneficial to someone else as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what did you hear about finances? There were several things about money, and, and I think one thing in particular was that God tells us, and you also read about this in the Sermon on the Mount, that we should not worry about money, that whatever we need to complete God's uh, tasks for us we will have that. Now, it, we may not necessarily have what we want, but we'll have what we need. And so, uh, just like uh, it, in the Sermon on the Mount where God, uh, Jesus talks about the lilies of the field, uh, God knows what we need. God realizes our requirements in every area, and especially in the area of finances. And so if we will trust God, whatever we need to complete God's tasks will be provided. 
Now, I also heard that uh, we should not allow money to become our idol. Uh, we are uh, surrounded by gold, golden idols today, and I think that's one thing God's concerned about. But we should never mortgage our soul for money. We should never believe that uh, making money is the be-all and end-all in life because money comes and goes, and that's really true of anybody. So, But whatever we need to complete what God has set out for us to do, I believe that God will provide it, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I think that often has to do with making sure we're taking good care of our inner life, taking good care of our souls and values. Does that resonate? It does. And another thing I'd like to mention is that came up throughout the book is free will, because God does give us the free will choice to do uh, whatever we want to do to make the decisions that we want to make. And through the use of that free will, sometimes we learn some some hard lessons that maybe we, we hadn't been expecting, but free will is is something that God has provided to us. And many times, and this is true, you know, in the area of money in particular, too, that when we put money first, we make the free will choice to uh, place our emphasis and our priorities uh, on money, that even though we might realize some of those goals in the long run, it's not going to be in our best interest. So we have free will. We can exercise it. But when we co-create and co-partner with God, I think things just seem to work better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have just a, another minute or two here, but uh, I do want to touch on this, Alan, is that you said in your book as well that one thing propelled you into this year of real focused meditation is uh, just a lot of the world events. We know our world is in a lot of, at least we're aware of it, a lot of lot of stuff going on. So what in general did you hear about that? Well, there was uh, last year a lot of things happening in the world. And basically, no matter what it was, and there were some, some tragic events that happened last year, uh, plus there were some other uh, things such as a national election where there was a lot of... Uh, focus and emphasis on that. I think the one thing that I, I kept hearing is that uh, God is is the priority. God is unchanging, and things of the world change, and free will choice sometimes can make some terrible decisions and do things that, that create such problems for people, but that in the worst of times that God is always there. In, in the situations where there's heartbreak and there's a tragedy that God's always there to pick up the pieces and, and to comfort those uh, who mourn and those who grieve. God is unchanging. And that that's, I guess, one of the most powerful things that I heard last uh, during these meditations was that we can trust that, that God is always going to be there for us and that the unconditional love of God is, is unchanging. Alan, thank you so much. My guest here today on Spirit of Recovery is Alan Lyles. He's just um, published the book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance, A Year of Spiritual Growth. And Alan, thank you so much for blessing us um, with the fruits of your conscious contact with your higher power. We're blessed to have you. Thank you, Anna. It's my pleasure. 
And thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week here on The Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony, healing and creative ideas, is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind, Body, Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.